Maybe I could be like an announcer, like a columnist. I don't believe what I just saw. You know how I always make those interesting comments during the game? Personally, I think we got hosed on that call. Yeah, yeah, you make good comments. So what about that? You know, they tend to give those jobs to ex-ball players and people that are, you know, in broadcast. What about a talk show host? This is In the Booth. Talk show host, that's good. <laughs> I think I'd be good at that. I talk to people all the time. With Matt Park. Away we go. Smooth operating machine, as always. Rolling right into a hump day Wednesday. And the tight ship that is Galaxy media worldwide they're making that second titanic based on my life (laughs) (laughs) what a day what an hour we've had what just a fantastic time to be alive i didn't realize it was that bad for the giants seth has them sending people to the lions now he was just sent to the lions to be eaten, devoured, <laughs> right? That's what it I sounded didn't even like. Catch it. No, like, usually the double entendre you pick up when I throw the eyes at you, but this one, yeah, not when it's G-rated. I'm not catching <laughs> right, that. Right. Snacks Harrison sent to the Lions. He's a lion snack. Well, apparently, yeah. It's bad for the Giants, though. Boy, they are terrible, and uh, it's so much fun to listen to their broadcasts here on. ESPN Radio 97.7. I'm not just saying that to plug. It'd be fun to listen if, if they're on another station. They're, the broadcasts are just so great. Bob Papa, who's a pro, but he doesn't varnish anything. It's not like sugar-coated or whatever. He t- he turns to uh, Carl Banks in the last game. He goes, this offensive line is terrible, Carl. <laughs> <laughs> I told you a story last year that... <laughs> The, yeah, reason that we, the reason that we can't have Bob Pop on the show is I'm too embarrassed to ask him because he was doing that whole routine when they were terrible last year. And I went to send Brian Higgins, who's a Giants fan, a text, you know, Bob Papa's beside himself, but when I, or whatever I said. Not even trying. I said something, yeah, something like he mailed it in. Yeah. I sent it to Bob Papa. That wasn't really one of my strongest hours. Had to quickly apologize for that. It was, it was cool. Bob Bob got it and laughed and whatever, but I'm not going to turn around and say, hey, Bob, can you come on my stupid radio show? Can you give up your time for more wacky hijinks and talk about the Giants? But now they're moving people on, and that's more of a baseball thing, trade deadline, and let's get rid of our parts that we're, you know, potentially could lose for free agency anyway. Let's see if anybody wants to uh, take any of this off our hands so that we can get draft picks and maybe get better someday. But uh, it's interesting to see when those people pop up. Like Eric Flowers was the whipping boy of the Giants, subpar offensive lineman, but he is a second stringer now for the Jaguars. So Tom Coughlin was looking out for him. Coughlin must have drafted him in the first place or, or had to be in on it. So he winds up there. Eli Apple going to the Saints. They've never been known for defensive prowess. And now the Lions get Snacks Harrison, who I think is a good player, defensive tackle. And uh, the Giants are going the wrong way. You know, everybody talks about Eli Manning, and I understand that Eli's on the you know downside of his career. You understand they have no other quarterbacks, right? Unless I'm missing something. You can put Alex Tanney in. Like, what? What's the alternative? The they don't have Sam Darnold waiting in the wings, or, or somebody is in the the way of. Who are you going to get? Did you want to have Derek Anderson or just one of these veteran 
vagabond uh, NFL quarterbacks that's been around that's going to just ride it out for the last eight or ten games. Who cares? What What's the point of that? You might as well just at this point give him his farewell tour and absolutely, especially because you pulled the plug on him last year, right? I mean, just just let him do his yeah, do his thing, and then he if he wants to, you know, do the Jacksonville thing or something like that. Let him go for it. There's two teams actually doing this this year, which is it's weird for the one team sale. to be in yeah, the Raiders in the yeah in the Giants appear to be Raiders. In. I think are completely retooling. Well, once they weren't viable after Khalil Mack moved on, when they went from you know, middle of the pack to terrible. I guess that's the deal. In pro sports, you either need to be competing for championships or terrible with a plan, I guess. Those are the two two places to be. The worst would be terrible without a plan, which tends not to happen because they fire the people that don't have plans and bring in people that at least have plans. If you're in the middle, if you're just kind of average and you're eight, an 8-8 eight and eight NFL team, if you're just sort of a maybe in the playoffs, maybe not, NBA team, that's not that's not great. If you're the Pittsburgh Pirates, make the playoffs once in a while. You could be the Padres. You could always be young and raise players for other teams. Yeah, you're basically a farm club for the MLB. <laughs> right. <laughs> Boy, if they really had a shortstop like Trey Turner, that'd be great, wouldn't it? <laughs> I'd... So here's what I, I thought I was going to start the show with today. My drive home last night. And I'm fired up about something. I can't remember what it was now, but I got all fired up about something. Actually, I do remember what it was, but it's not for public consumption. And I'm, I got to stress eat something. I, I'm going to make some bad decisions on the way home. So I pull into a uh, fairly widely known, I think, uh, pizza place slash sports bar that has multiple locations in the area. Okay. In said facility, let's I'll conservatively say eight, maybe closer to 10 or 12 nice TVs. Not one of them, not one, is on game one of the World Series, which was starting right about the time I walked in. Not one. There were TVs on ESPN. There were a couple on MLB Network, which what what's that about? Like, had they just sort of been on? Did somebody anticipate that the World Series was going to be on MLB Network? Are they confused that the World Series is on Fox? Was that was anybody in the dark? And it wasn't like anybody there was clamoring for it. Um, and I was blown away. See, there, there was that uh, basketball documentary, which is on ESPN, which I, I will hope to watch at some point. I don't really have the time right now, but I'll binge watch that. I'm sure it's great. I have found in my, my travels uh, with bars and sporting events, the pretty girl behind the bar does not care what is on the televisions. She will turn it to whatever yeah, you like. The good ones will. But if it's not, if she, they're not going out of their way to turn something on that they don't care about. You know what no. I mean? Like, so I'm sure she knew the World Series is on, but she well, did you not, think for business though? Yeah, that's up to a that that's up to the bar the boss, to yeah. tell them to turn it on. Yeah, you you would think they would have sort of a schedule that would say, "Hey, this is happening. Yeah. Put it on." Yeah. In, in the case of the World Series, and you know. Giants and Bills games and Syracuse games and whatever. Was it that, crowded? It was not crowded. It was not desolate. It was not crowded. So just kind of going through my mind's eye here, three or four people at the bar. Not one of them. No, they're, they're, they're flirting with the cute bartender sure. behind. You know, she's going from one side of the bar I, to I the other. I can see this happening. Cha- yeah, chatting with the, with the guys. The guys don't seem to be the type, you know, nobody was wearing a Red Sox cap. They yeah. didn't seem to be the type that, 
cared about baseball, which is fine. Then there's um, two other guys leaning up against like a two-top table. They both had beers. And God bless them, you know what they were doing? They were divvying up their Syracuse basketball season tickets. So they must split them. How do you do that? How do you... There's got to be a way you do that. Is it dr- blind draw? Like, oh, who well, gets that's, a, that's a draft. Who I mean, that's a topic tickets? for another time. Yeah, oh yeah, you draft. Don't right. you? I mean, if you and I, if we get four tickets, me and my wife and you and your wife, we don't have wives, but <laughs> I don't know why I said that. Uh, just, just because we're not going with each other. Yeah. If we have the four tickets, um, yeah, absolutely. You um, maybe alternate by year or something, but you get the first pick, then I get the first pick or whatever. If, if, if you're unless you're gonna you know if you're gonna split two and two then you should just bottom that way. But yeah. if we're we're kind of going halvesies on whatever our ticket package is, and so yeah, those guys. I mean that's a fun time. That's yeah. got to be a fun uh, experience every year. Hey, the tickets showed up. I've got them all cut up, and they were out there. They were trading them like like baseball cards, flipping them around, and uh, and having a beer. And, and and God bless them. There were a bunch of people. This is the type of place that has a volleyball court outside, so they had to doing that. And then which was crazy because it was forty something, and then. On the way out, there was um, people doing one of those paint night things. Like that's as far from yeah, far from. So God bless it. It's an establishment that uh, takes all comers. Everybody there had a good time, myself included. It's just I was blown away. To me, that was a commentary on. I hope I I, I'm obviously taking this too far, but if if I hope that's not an accurate depiction that people care that little about baseball in the World Series. If, if the Yankees were in it, would it be different? Is it just an oversight? Did I just catch it at a bad time? Did somebody just forget to click the thing? Did, uh, th- these are the questions I'm trying to find out. But but nobody was asking for it. I mean, I, I, if I was going to stay longer than just getting takeout, I would have said, excuse me, can we get the World Series on the television? I don't know if I went. I didn't watch it last night. You didn't? No, and I'm a big baseball oh. fan. Don't. It had no interest in it, really. Really? Yeah, the only in- rooting interest I have in this at all is that I hope the Dodgers lose because I've grown up. I thought you were boy the- with Dave, Dave Roberts. I I, <laughs> I, I, I grew up hating the Dodgers. He, he's your Dave Roberts is you know <laughs> Gomez's Mel Hall. And now with Twitter, I can just follow what's happening anyways because everybody. Do you feel a- like you're following on Twitter? No, but like if I leave Twitter on, I'm going to see what happened, and I'm going to see everybody's stupid opinion on it. Exactly. When you guys just watch the game, then snarky Red Sox fans and stupid commentary on Twitter. The whole Twitter play-by-play, that's a whole other topic for another time. It should be illegal. Who does that? It's unbelievable. You watch this stuff, and I'm not here to defame local media people or whatever. Save by Syracuse. Shot. Missed. They do every play on football. I, I it's sit, unbelievable. I love like to watch the games it. are on television, on the radio. There are, there are any number of ways you could follow them in more vivid detail yeah. with the same amount of effort. You know, I scan Twitter as much as the next guy. I spend a lot of time on Twitter, and you get you know various news feeds and things that are that are going on. But the idea that you're gonna that's going to be your chosen way to consume a game is completely mind blowing to me. Wow. All right. So. Uh, that's uh, the backdrop. The other thing we've got to get into is obviously uh, we're going to talk Syracuse football with Adam Terry as we always do on Wednesday. We'll get to him. We'll skip with the uh, setup. But uh, the idea here is probably enough about the quarterbacks already, although I'm interested from a left tackle's perspective, how much does this all matter to the guys on the team and in the locker room? 
how do uh, they play it out? How does Adam expect it to play it out? So Adam Terry coming up. Dave Doran, the NC State coach, on the show tomorrow. Syracuse basketball tomorrow night in the Dome. And uh, all good stuff as we roll along. You're listening to In the Booth. This is ESPN Radio. This is In the Booth with Matt Park. In the Booth on ESPN Radio here in Central New York. Brought to you by Bugs Be Gone and CH Insurance. On kind of a dreary, gross day here in uh, central New York. Kind of day that leads up to the kind of night where you'd love to play football games indoors. And isn't it a fortunate thing that that's exactly what we're headed to Saturday night with a 7 o'clock kickoff in the Dome, the Orange, and NC State. NC State's had this long run of coming into this game off a loss, which is uh, probably completely coincidental and apropos of nothing, but we might get into that with Dave Doran on tomorrow's show when the Wolfpack coach joins us. Joining us now is Adam Terry, our Syracuse IMG Sports Network analyst. Uh, Adam, good afternoon to you. How are things out uh, Rochester way? Matt, things are dark and dreary, but uh, looking forward to this weekend. Aren't we all where the uh, the sky will be overcast? It'll be 70 degrees in there on Saturday night, like it always is. So looking forward to that. And that is a decent jumping off point because I think one of the talking points from an athletic department perspective this week and certainly uh, from the football coach and everybody else is for the dome advantage to be what you know Vegas counts it for and for you what you want it for and remain unbeaten at home and all of those things. You really want to think that when you have a good team coming in on a Saturday night that you can make that place rock, right? And do you think that's a possibility and how much does that benefit the team? Yeah, you know, it's it's called the Loud House for a reason. You know, when that place gets rocking, you know, I, I revert back to my days of playing. Even if it wasn't completely full and you're about seven-eighths full, that place is, is rocking and rolling. And what better to, opponent to come back to? Top 25 team coming into the Dome. NC State's 5-1. and one, Syracuse is 5-2. and two. And, you know, coming off of a, of a win for, for Syracuse versus NC, UNC, that uh, sparks a lot of the fan base right now. Does it, though? That's what we're trying to find out because what it, uh, has been primarily the discussion this week is listening to the show in front of us every day this week, the, the show and our own show, has been who should be quarterback and why, number one. And the other is you know fans leaving early and all of that. I, I wanna, Yeah, I mean, go ahead. I, I look at it as the spark of – you know, I think we, we have to put the conversation between Dungy and DeVito kind of to bed a little bit as far as, you know, watching the game from my perspective. You know, as a fan, you can go out there and you can go back and forth on it. But it does. It, it sparks that conversation. And, you know, um, it, it might bring a few more people to the water cooler, and that water cooler might bring a few more people to the dome. But, you know, right now it's it's unknown. Um, from what I heard last week, they're – they're ahead of pace of, of their ticket sales. Um, so, you know, will it be sold out? Probably not. But, um, you know, if we can fill in some of those bare spots, it'll be a, a much more pleasurable game to, to be at. And you know what, for me, and obviously I hope they sell as many tickets as possible, and there's as many people there as possible, but the ones that are there you hope are engaged and into it and that the game has the ebb and flow of intensity that you expect. I, I thought – yeah. And it's not for any one characteristic. It's no one person or one thing's fault. I thought there was a lull in the middle of that game the other day, and really it ended up the, a spark coincided with Tommy DeVito coming in, slinging it around with nothing to lose and connecting on some of those passes. Sure. 
Yeah, you know, and, and we've also got to look at it. I hit on it pregame last week. It, it's alumni weekend, and, you know, alumni weekend, everybody's there to, to see each other, not necessarily the football game. So <laughs> when people started leaving, you know, I saw the comments come from, from Dino about, you know, how he's dialed in. You know, a lot of the players are dialed in, too, and they're just focusing in, you know, that next play. So it's, it's great to have that play sold out. But on the, on the other thing, you're, you're bringing in a 5-1 and one opponent that Syracuse can really make a statement against. Adam Terry is our guest. He'll be on the call with us Saturday night. The Orange and NC State in the Carrier Dome. Looking forward to it as we uh, get rolling. And that's kind of the idea about, oh, the team was locked in. Inside the walls this week, what's going on when the four-year starting quarterback is uh, removed for a freshman who won the game? I don't want to lead you in any direction. You you tell me from the start, how does it work? Well, I think from from their perspective, it's one that, you know, I've been in a situation where quarterbacks have been pulled. You know, I think not necessarily the extent of what Eric Dungy has meant to this program. You know, he's he's working his way up on a lot of these historical charts. But it's also, when I go back into that room, and I'm a senior guy that came in with a senior quarterback, i got to look at what I'm doing right and what I'm doing wrong. You know, is that going to be that way for a freshman that uh, might not have seen a lot of time? Probably not, but I'm looking at what did I do wrong? Did I make the right check? Did I have a mental error? Um, how can I go and improve myself? Because, yes, it might help get that um, quarterback in there by the name of Dungy or DeVito. We, you know, that's, that's up in the air right now. But to play against a team of the caliber of NC State and what they're capable of doing on offense as well as defense, I've got to prepare for that regardless of really who's back in there. And Dino made the statement, you know, we've got five or six wide receivers that go in the game. We've got three running backs that go in the game, seven offensive linemen that go in the game. So it is what it is, and uh, we'll see if there's two quarterbacks that go in the game this weekend. Yeah, you know, my money, if I had to guess, I would say that's what's going to happen. I would say Dungy starts. I would say DeVito's at the ready. He may even have a planned stretch or two. I think one thing that's different about planning it with this particular offensive approach is it's to such a large degree predicated on rhythm and momentum so when when would you plan a change you know what I mean or maybe that's the only time you'd plan it but but what if Dungey goes out and he's got it rocking and rolling for two or three series and then it just becomes DeVito's turn I don't know if that's necessarily the thing I think maybe you you know and probably Babers is the type to say well we're gonna uh stretch the defense side to side for two, three, four series for a quarter or what have you, and then we're going to sneak in DeVito to, you know, fire a fastball into, you know, a zone area or something like that. Uh, So we'll see how it plays out, but I know that he's not going to show his hand here all along. I can't wait to ask Dave Doran tomorrow. I've never asked a coach this, but, hey, does it really matter? Like, are you spending time this week? You know, have we ever heard a coach say – Gee, we would have won the game, but we spent a lot of time game planning on Wednesday for a quarterback that never showed up. Sure. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it deters you a little bit. So, you know, I look at it, and you got two quarterbacks going to the game. Are you going to go 50-50? No, you're going you're gonna to be – you're going to play like a poker player. You're going to kind of have an understanding of what might occur. So, in, in the eyes of, of a coach, you're going to face the same offense. It's just the little nuances that each quarterback brings to the offense. So – you know, Dungy, we've seen him use his legs quite a bit. You know, the other thing for DeVito, he's, he's, he's a little bit more 
stay in the pocket, but he can run. So are you going to change everything? No. <laughs> are you going to even say that on air? By no means are you going to say that on air. But, uh, you know, I, I look for a game that, you know, Syracuse has to do a lot of things in the aspect of, you know, increasing, uh, you know, some of the performances that that might have led to a, a Dungy getting benched, you know, some drop balls, some missed blitz protection. You know, they've got to really dial that in. And then as you look on the other side of the ball, you look at what, what NC State can do for them uh, on offense. You know, it's, it's a fantastic offense. You know, you've got Ryan Finley back there that can sling it. Just a smart kid that, uh, you know, you look at him and his path on how he's got there. That's the best quarterback on the field. So um, you've got to look at a lot of things. And then the wide receivers that he can throw to, they're all, they're all over 6'2", 6'2", to 6'4". Like, he's got a pro-style offense with two good running backs and a bunch of solid wide receivers that can move the ball up and down the field. Adam Terry with us for another minute or two. And, you know, to me, Adam, we talked with uh, Cam Lynch yesterday. He's currently a pro. You were a pro. Doug Marone had a great quote this week. Look, we can't change all 11 players, but when you change the quarterback, everybody else does exactly what you've been talking about. Or at least they should. They should go, well, wait a minute. We all have failed here. It's not like everybody's running perfect routes and catching everything. And, yeah. And, you know, and – I think probably a little bit's been overblown about how "quote unquote" bad Dungey's been. I think he's not been at his best. I don't think he's. They haven't been, you know, stagnant or bogged down solely because sure. of him or anything like that. Uh, and they are five and two and, and on the verge of, of bowl eligibility here. I just think that the reason that everything looked and clicked to a greater degree, Devito came in, was not solely Devito. Yes, it's you know the very the fact that the very first play the the play call alone might have been enough. The fact that the very first play was him throwing kind of a skinny post and really putting it in there, you know, for yeah. actually that was his, uh, that was a little bit later, but he he had a nice fifty uh, yard connection on the the first play up the sideline. That kind of gets everybody's juices flowing a little bit, um, and I think that raised everybody's level. I think you just hope that regardless of who the quarterback is, that they uh, have something that uh, spurs them on in that way bef- before they get going. So, um, good stuff there. As for NC State, you know, this is a team that. Yes, they had the West Virginia game canceled, but they've had a legitimately strong season here. Probably a defense that doesn't get enough credit for what it's been able to do. Yeah, and, and you know, defensively, you look across the, the front four, and it's one that you lose Bradley Chubb from last year, first-round pick, and you're saying, who is the guy? And it's Smith-Williams. He's got three sacks and seven tackles for a loss. That You know, it, it doesn't matter who's back there at the quarterback position. He's going to get after the after the quarterback. So, you know, and then, and then in the back end, they're, they're, it's a solid defense all the way across. I mean, if, if you have to say, I think, you know, granted Clemson beat up on them pretty good, but across the board, it's, a, it's an extremely solid, probably B-plus type of players out on the field. You know, they've elevated themselves over the past couple of years of stocking the war chest with, with some depth. Yeah, that well, that's for sure. And behind Chubb, who was so disruptive in the game a year ago, but uh, Dungey had big numbers last year, by the way, against uh, NC State. So we'll see if that in any way plays into uh, what happens and what we should see on uh, Saturday. So uh, good stuff, my friend. Everything else good? Hang Everything is good. Just ready for a good one this weekend. Okay, well, I think uh, you might have back-to-back exciting games in the Dome against uh, Tobacco Rotors. Uh, Carolina, and then this uh, ranked 
NC State team, which uh, comes in number 22 Saturday night at uh, 7. So uh, we will see you on the radio in a couple of days, my friend. All right. Talk to you soon. Okay. That is uh, Adam Terry in an equally dreary Rochester, it sounded like, as uh, the Orange uh, take on NC State. Adam will be making his way in on the weekend. Lots of this uh, Wolfpack stuff to go through. And uh, certainly their quarterback, Ryan Finley, is uh, the number one talking point for this team. The fact they've been sacked only three times all year, uh, to me, indicates they're doing a lot of things right. They have uh, an extraordinary uh, receiving core. So they get open fast. He gets rid of it fast. They complete nearly 70% of their passes, and away they go. Finley, individually, is number 11 in America in uh, passing yards per game. All right, time out on the show here. When we come back, we'll do Do We Care. We can get into your phone calls if you'd like at uh, 315-437-7644. That's 315-4ESPN44. You're listening to In the Booth on ESPN Radio. Do we care? Interesting. I doubt it. No, wait, the other thing. Tedious. But we will do this segment anyway. Don't care anymore. Don't care no more. I don't care what you say. We never play by the same rules. At ACC Media Day today, Coach Beheim was asked about Darius Baisley signing the endorsement deal with New Balance this week. And he said, quote, LeBron did a nice job helping his client. It is LeBron's client, right? And uh, Stadium's Jeff Goodman tweeted this quote out, and LeBron actually responded to it saying, oh, they big mad. And then... <laughs> I don't ba- know what that means. Oh, they He's just big upset, mad. yeah. It's very. weird phrasing. Um, Basley oh, signed... they are very mad would be the translation sure. of that. Thank you. Basley signed with Clutch Sports, which is the same agency that LeBron is represented by. Uh, Bam, Coach Bam actually then responded to LeBron's tweet saying, not me, I'm happy for him, I wish him the best. Yeah, that's what you got to say. And I don't think he's, Coach Bam's not going to go and like gouge a kid. He might have a snarky comment here or there. He is happy for him. You know, he's going to you know, maybe be a trendsetter, trailblazer. It's going to work out fine for Darius Baisley, trust me. Uh but you know, is there anything here? Is there are they mixing it up or Beheim and LeBron having a spat? Heck no. I mean, they're goofing around, and uh, I don't think anything of it. I'm still. Torn. I just don't understand. I mean, this is how uncool I am, though. But I, I just wish LeBron James could we like speak English in these things. You know, he is a role model and all all this stuff, and of course, he's a role model for other people who talk like that too. But uh, oh, they big mad! All caps, five exclamation points, three. Uh, smiling, crying emojis. He's never been big mad before. Big uh, is it big mad? Wait, you say, you're saying like you use that expression? No, I've never. I was just no. Saying. I would I would read this as oh they big mad, not big mad. I think it's I don't know. All right. Do you think? Do you think? I think he's Matt's saying, right. He's yeah, saying like, like very, mad. very oh, mad. Like you know they big mad, not like the big guys mad, right? I don't right. care. I'm still torn on what New Balance. Yeah, like, that's like white people lawn yeah. mowing shoes. <laughs> it's like uh, those mean you don't have hops. aerobics of the eighties. <laughs> Ground like, like good for him. Million dollar like intern. It'll work out. Trust me, uh, Darius Bays is going to make out uh, quite all right in this whole deal. Do you think that? Beheim was being snarky with that comment, or do you think he yeah, legitimately was? Snarky. Every comment he's made today is snarky in one way or another. Sure. Yeah, of course. I mean, 
I just think he was saying, like, he didn't mean anything about it. Yeah. He's basically saying it's LeBron's client, you know, which he is. You know, it's Rich Paul is the agent and mm-hmm. whatever. I mean, they're down there at media day. They, they're talking for five hours straight. They're inevitably going to say something that's, you know, that people are going to tweet and make some. I don't, it, to me, it's not really even a noteworthy thing. If they don't make a commercial of him going from mowing the lawn and weed whacking to dunking a go. basketball, <laughs> that would be hysterical. I like that. Chad Kelly was released by the Broncos this morning after being arrested for criminal trespassing in the early morning uh, morning hours on Tuesday. According to the affidavit, the man and the woman who he, he encountered told police that a stranger came into their Inglewood, Colorado home after 1 a.m. The intruder sat down on the couch next to the woman who was holding the couple's young child and was mumbling incoherently. The man yelled at the intruder to get out and then hit him in the back with a vacuum cleaner tube. Police surveillance video showed a man wearing dark pants, a white long-sleeved shirt, and a red scarf around his neck, which means he was basically dressed as like a cowboy while doing all of this. (laughs) That's like a Woody costume. Uh, I guess, yeah, if you want to go that red scarf around his yeah. neck. Yeah, this that's, happens a that's lot. A little, people dress like cowboys and no, like they <laughs> show go, up at the wrong house. Being drunk I mean, he's obviously completely out of his mind, and uh, he Chad Kelly's got all kinds of issues. Just goes to show you, you know, where there's smoke, there's fire. When, you know, he's had one, everybody can have one mistake or whatever. When you have two, three, four, a pattern of, you know, trouble and one school and go to another school and trouble and trouble and trouble and trouble. This guy's, he is trouble. And it, it finds him and follows him, and uh, this is sad. He was probably pretty close to getting a chance with the Broncos to start a quarterback, no, that, too. That's more of a function of the Broncos than him. Sure. Uh, so Clayton Kershaw had started his third World Series game last night and, and continued his postseason woes. He, had, he threw for four innings, seven, gave up seven hits, four in runs, three walks, five Ks. He's now nine and nine all time in the postseason with a four point two eight ERA. Do yeah. you think these struggles in the postseason tarnish his legacy at well, all? A little bit. That's just because that's how legacies are made and talked about. But it's harder to pitch in the postseason. Everybody would list Kershaw as one of the best pitchers of his generation, if not the best. The guy's absolutely a stud. But dot dot dot. You know, he hasn't followed it up in the postseason. He's far from the only person that has that issue. David Price of the Red Sox notably would be another. He just got his first career uh, postseason win. And, you know, it hasn't happened for Kershaw. You know, to me, when people say this stuff, I I always, my mind races to, what are you implying? What, what's the next sentence? Are, are, what's going on said here? Are we s- suggesting that Clayton Kershaw gets so overwhelmed by the moment that he can't function in the postseason and he's not as good as he is in July? I don't really know. I mean, is he is he wired? Does he shy away from that? I don't know. I mean, this guy could they're probably the most likely pitcher in the major leagues to go on like a 15 game winning streak during the year. The guy's a he's awesome and one of the best ever. But uh, is it a fluky thing? I mean, to me, people underestimate the fact that when you're in the postseason, you're playing against the best teams, and you're not going to have as good a performance in the postseason as the regular season. But uh, this is so far off of his overall record and performance that there's obviously something there and of course because that's what people do will it be part of his uh, legacy or part of his whole story absolutely he probably is the best pitcher of this generation but if you want a pitcher to pitch one game he probably doesn't even cross your mind like if you were, yeah I don't know see I don't really think like that I 
it, but you're you're right. I guess you have to take that into consideration. But everybody, I mean, I'd have to look at the numbers, but everybody you can name has had some sort of notable blow up. I, I don't know of anybody we can think about that's been like completely lights out in the postseason. And there, there, are, there are plenty of people who you could say, you know, there, I was going to say plenty of people you could say their performances, their statistics are better in the in the postseason. Uh, Kurt Schilling would be an example. You know, Andy Pettit was a gamer. Yeah, there, 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 there's a hand, handful of them. But, you know, does that mean they never had a bad outing? They never lost? They never gave up four runs in, in three innings? No, everybody's done that. It's just it's just strange to see the best pitcher of our generation not be anywhere close to that same pitcher in the in the post or yeah not when you're in the postseason you're facing the better lineups too. Somebody just said that I thought yeah, yeah. It's crazy how that works. Fair yes, but you 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 want your ace to not perform like this and he has done it consistently well, now course, in the postseason. Yeah. yeah, of course you want your. Of course, who hit the who had the game winning play last night? Eduardo Nunez, right? Pinch hit. Uh, yeah, you know, who's just a guy. <laughs> he's just a role player. I know everybody knows his name because he played for the Yankees and the Red Sox and fired if you want, but he's just a guy. Now Nunez rockets one to deep left. Gone! It got out of here in a heartbeat. A three-run homer into the first row above the monster down the line, and Boston now leads 8-4. to four. But when you do stuff in the postseason, when you do stuff in the postseason for the Red Sox, the Yankees, the Dodgers, the Cardinals, people write books about it. And that's just the way it goes. Gets magnified for sure. There you go. All right. Thanks, Tommy. No problem. All right. Back to wrap the show. When we come back, if you'd like to sneak in a call, you can at 437-7644, ESPN 44. Yesterday, a quarterback poll. We thought about a long snapper poll. Let's see how that turned out when we come back on ESPN Radio. This is In the Booth with Matt Park. Welcome back In the Booth. The behind the scenes things are going to stay behind the scenes. As well, that could be more interesting, actually. <laughs> I'm about to murder about 90 people right the, now. The, this is one of those, you hear that expression like, you know, the... The duck is calmly floating about the water, but <laughs> the legs Peter. are moving <laughs> furiously underneath. That's what happens here on a regular basis. I think I'm the top of the duck. But Today's been a CF. Yeah, in more ways than even you know. But it, it's uh, one of those things that happens at this time of year. You got the football uh, and the basketball overlapping, really the start of basketball on top of a Already heavy workload. We hope the fans can uh, hang in there and manage all of it. For them, they're just coming to consume the product. And I uh, hope everybody will be at the Dome uh, tomorrow night. Should uh, you know, Usually fun. for exhibition games, you have to somewhere in the neighborhood of seven, 8,000 for uh, St. Rose coming in. Big deal for them. Talked with their coach yesterday afternoon, and uh, they're all excited. Their head coach had been there 32 years, up and retired like last week. So speaking of... Some uh, upheaval. Uh, that's when uh, College of St. Rose is coming in. They'll travel in uh, tomorrow, play the game. This is, uh, I would say this is the most excited I've been about basketball in a long time, but it's not. Um, <laughs> it's not? It's like every, yeah, the year the year uh, with they didn't make the tournament with Andrew White. And, you know, that was a good team. That was a, uh, that was a very exciting yeah. prior to the season going in. 
this team, I uh, I still have questions about. Believe it or not. Yeah, you know, to me, I, I, I just think I think the regular season will be very exciting. It'll be more successful than the regular season the last couple of years. They should they won't be on the bubble. You know, come the tournament, I just hope the the only thing I wear sort of bracing or sandbagging in the the slightest bit is last season's postseason was so awesome. That's what you're in it for. That's why you're a fan. That's the type of thing that's like a drug. And there's no guarantee that this will be like it. Could be better. You could have a better team. You could go to the Elite Eight. Be fantastic. Could be a could way be, better regular be better. season. And well, I'm, well, I was just, that's out. what I'm saying. I just just did say that, actually, okay. if we listened. But it will be a better rate. They'll be more competitive in the regular season. They're going to win more games. Could be. Not going to win them all. They're going to be in a, they're in a tough league with a lot of other teams that think they're going to win a lot of games. Um, but chances are, the regular season, and it might only be a game or two, actually, when it really comes down to it. You know, are you going to go 11 and like 11 and 7 could be third place in this league? You know, when, when you really get into uh, how competitive it is and the various schedules people have. I think, what did we talk about last year? Third place last year lost like seven games in, in the ACC. They're talking about adding games early in the season. It's a topic we've touched on early. That was one of the announcements today at uh, the SEC's media day. They call it uh, Operation Basketball. And uh, that's just a foregone conclusion with the addition of the ACC Network next school year. Now they're in the television programming business, and um, you're going to see games early in the season. So uh, I think it's kind of neat. It's just going to replace, you know, a couple of your other mid-range games. So, you know, last year Syracuse was in kind of a, a tournament that fed them, you know, the Texas Southerns and Toledos and all of that. This year it's Eastern Washington and whatever. Those are going to be replaced by another game against Wake Forest. So, you know, that that counts and makes for a maybe a more um representative champion if you play even, you know, two more games against your league and it that creates much more television inventory, which is the reason they're going for it in the first place. Makes wins more difficult, that's for sure. Sure does. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there'll be new standards in the way that you judge these things. I mean, even if you go back over time and to think that Syracuse and other schools that you might have gone, you know, something in two or something in three in the Big East. You're not doing that in the ACC unless you're completely transcendent and loaded. And and even those teams, I don't know that Duke's going to do that this year. So uh, we'll see. Looking forward to it. And uh, the lid lifter as far as the exhibition seasons tomorrow night. We'll touch on that on the show tomorrow. See everybody at two.